0: Welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today we have Stuart Ford, who is the chairman and chief executive officer of AGC Studios and is one of the most experienced and prolific independent film and television producers and financiers in the industry. As a producer and financier, Stuart has worked with a huge array of leading talent, including directors such as... Martin Scorsese, Gary Ross, Mel Gibson, and acting stars such as Julia Roberts, Tom Hanks, Kevin Costner, and Anne Hathaway, to name just a few. And I mean, I'll let Stuart talk about some of the titles and, and whatnot that AGC's been working on over the years. But I mean, I know the one that has captivated me along with the majority of the planet recently is probably Tinder Swindler. So um, I'm excited to, I'm excited to dive in and, and have this conversation. Welcome to the show.
1: Uh, thank you mark i'm delighted to be here
0: before we get into the work and you know the the your backstory and so forth if we just kind of strip away the titles and all of that who are you you know like how would you describe who you are as the as the human you are here today uh mm, interesting
1: question uh well uh probably uh um, first and foremost, I'm probably someone who's slightly terrified to have this discussion. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I think uh, I think that's who I am. Uh, I think lots of the uh, decisions and paths I've taken in my life and in my career have been fairly intuitive. Uh, I've always been a planner, nevertheless. Uh, in fact, it's something I thrive on. But uh, uh, I've never been hugely focused on articulating, you know, my mindset or my uh, methodology to myself. Never mind to other people or you know experts such as yourself so I don't know maybe some of my thoughts might come across as a bit less measured than uh you know many of the professionals and enlightened thinkers you've had on your show but uh it it will be a, a I promise you a conversation into the unknown and the undiscovered for me in some ways and uh that's just fine because uh Despite my uh, trepidation about doing this, uh, that's exactly why I'm doing it. Because, uh, you know, uh, when our mutual friend made the introduction, uh, I realized this was all slightly undiscovered material for me. And uh, let's just say me and the undiscovered are familiar roommates. So I like uh, that. That's who I am. Uh, uh, Like I say, I think I'm probably a fairly intuitive person, but I think also most people or maybe all people who know me would say i'm a outward and energetic figure and uh a fairly curious person uh and, and i think they're probably cu- qualities that have uh, informed my uh, career and my and my business uh i think people who know me in a business capacity would probably also say uh, again outwardly pass i'm a ambitious fairly driven risk taker uh, and that's true as well. Uh, so, if that's not too many too many bites at the apple, I think that's who I am.
0: I love it, and I love I love I think I, I shared this you with you in messages before we hit record. But the some of the best interviews that I've ever had are exactly um, when when people say exactly what you said about you know I don't know about this. Like I've never really talked about this this <laughs> topic and so forth. Because the thing is, and the, and the thing with this show, it's. You know, it's not designed to to sit down with, you know, PhDs and 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 doctors and, and like psychological models and whatnot. It's really we all have mental fitness practices. We may not call them those things, but there's something guiding your intuition and keeping your mind clear enough to make, you know, really good decisions and to be able to have some of the successes that you've had over your life. And and that's the stuff that I think is more relatable to people. Cause then you can t- tack that into whatever world you're working in. It's like, oh, I never thought about this in that perspective. So, so I'm yeah. excited. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited. Um, before we get into that though, like what, what, what got you going into this, this space? Was it, um, cause I know y- you were a lawyer in, in the entertainment world first, I believe. Um, so was it, was it law that found you or was it law and film? You know, what was the, I guess the order of that?
1: Uh, I think my path towards certainly what I do today has been a long path that really has been uh, a function of me gravitating towards doing something that reflects who I am. Uh, And I think this is probably a theme that'll crop up in our chat. Uh, uh, I'm someone who grew up uh, with, if you like, quite a conventional path towards success laid out for me. I, you know, went. To, I was good, very strong kid academically, and uh, quite a successful athlete. Went to Oxford. I read law at Oxford. I left Oxford. I went to one of the top law schools in the country in the UK. I went from there to one of the biggest sort of international law firms in England. It was all fairly conventional stuff, uh, wow. but. Uh, As my sort of 20s evolved, I found myself making decisions, life decisions and career decisions that were clearly taking me off the beaten path. Uh, And, you know, fast forward 25 years and here I am in the in the thick of the jungle that is Hollywood doing something that's really (laughs) quite removed from whatever, you know, uh, my uh, my academic mentors or parents or whoever else thought I would be doing when I was a a younger man. But I think it's all been a uh, a process of of uh, being myself and uh, learning to define success according to, you know, my own parameters rather than uh, what was sort of a predetermined, uh, a predetermined roadmap, if you will. Sure. How did you, because if we go back to that time, because, you know, th-
0: Many, many can probably relate, or we've heard this before where, you know, there's, there's a path and things are going well. And then there's some intuitive moments and whatnot where something feels off, but the majority of humans ignore that and, Mm -hmm. and then just continue until something happens. Usually like they hit a wall, life explodes. And then all of a sudden it's like, ah, you know, that that, those were the whispers. Those were the signs essentially. Right. That, that, that I miss what, like, what kind of questions were you, you know, thinking about or what was coming up for you to give you the, I guess give you the courage to say, you know what? This is not the path for me.
1: Yeah, you know, honestly, there I don't think I can't really remember any great epiphanies that I had along the way as in terms of this isn't the right path for me, let's go in another direction. I think it was more of a, a stead, as my own personality evolved and my own self-confidence evolved, a steady evolution towards an environment that fits in my personality, because I do think, if you know, if we're talking about career fulfillment, then from my perspective, the the, the essence of career fulfillment is being able to be yourself mm. every day, and perhaps being able to be yourself uh, in a work capacity that that's no different to the person you are, whether with your family or friends or maybe just on your own. So. Uh, I, uh, you know, I went from being a, an entertainment, well, a lawyer in a very corporate sort of white-shoe law firm in my mid-20s to a, to an entertainment lawyer in a slightly more, you know, wacky left-field law firm to working for a, a US movie studio in New York. That was something of a leap to going from that to being uh, essentially a, an independent producer and, and then an entrepreneur. And so, yeah. you know, I end up finding myself far from the really quite comfortable world that I could have, you know, probably fairly effortlessly uh, continued moving around. You know, you might look look at those career steps I took, and (laughs) in some ways, you know, each leap was a leap into something less secure and (laughs) more pressured than what I did before. And of course, that was more subconsciously than consciously, but that was who I am. Sure. Uh, and so uh, I eventually built a, a company around that, that personality, those principles, that philosophy, if you, if you like. Uh, and I, I have a business where, you know, I think it is to some extent built around my own outlook on the industry and on the world and where I get to put my judgment on the line day after day after day. Uh, and I think you can only do that and be happy and thrive. And I think I do thrive in it if you know ne- you, you know you don't lose sight of who you are. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think that's that's perhaps the number one principle for me when I approach you know the, from a mental perspective how how I, how I live my life and how I run my business did you remember do you have did you have any early mentors
0: that were helping? you know, guide this kind of mindset in, in those times?
1: No. is <laughs> the honest answer. My, the biggest mentor of my life was my father. Uh, okay. He died when I was still in the early stages of my career, still in the comfy confines of a law firm in London. Uh, it was devastating to me when he died. He was a massive, massive influence on me. Uh, and yet, uh, with hindsight, I realized that his passing uh, was perhaps the most liberating moment in my adult life, because I had, you know, unsurprisingly, in some ways, wanted to fulfill what uh, he and my mom's sort of uh, vision of success looked like. Okay. As, you know, as a middle-class English family and with with my dad no longer around, you know, my mom is a, is a much more hands-off, relaxed personality, very smart, loving person, but it didn't I didn't feel the same scrutiny. And I think it was pretty close to that point, maybe six to nine months after he had passed, where I suddenly you know took a right turn and started going another in in a different direction. So although it was obviously a moment of great sadness for me, it was also an important moment where I sort of cut loose privilege of working with all sorts of super smart, bright people. Uh, and uh, I, you know you try and learn and absorb. From all of them, uh, certainly, mm-hmm. I you know I have invested in my company, who are hugely, wildly successful entrepreneurs and executives, and uh, so day to day they are to some extent mentors of mine. Uh, yeah. You know I have basically several of those guys who are older and wiser than me on my board, uh, trying to stop me doing crazy things. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> The they're the government. They're my current <laughs> business mentors, but honestly, I I do feel as if much of this I sort of figured it out to some extent or a large extent on my own. Sure, it, Stuart, if your if
0: your dad was here today, seeing and witnessing you know the 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 right turn that you made and and you know all the work that you put out in this world and the ripple effect of that, what do you think
1: he'd say to you? He'd say uh, he'd say hell yeah, this is exactly what you should be doing. He never needed me to, to get you there, and he'd be pleased as punch. I think uh, partly because I've enjoyed success, but mostly because you know I'm a happy, happy, fairly confident person. And even you know before he passed away, Mark, you know he had chronic heart disease for several years, so this it was always it was always a, a distinct possibility. And yeah. we had conversations where he told me then that look, if you need to to go in a different direction in your life than what you're doing right now then you know that would always be okay with me we had that conversation so That's nice um, I, I'm very much at uh, at peace with the with you know how it's all played out sure
0: well let's let's talk a little bit about AGC and and just I'm fascinated with because there's two things that I see going two big uh, buckets I guess that I see going on with with your path I mean there's there's just entrepreneurship in general which is which is enough to begin with but then there's also you know producing and being involved in creative projects and films and and tv series and so forth like how do those two things combine in your in your world or how do they complement for for you you know the and keep you i guess thriving or excited about this space
1: yeah thank you uh yeah there are there are some different levels i mean just the the, the, the process of Developing and producing and financing and selling distributing film and TV is it's a tough business. You know, Hollywood is not an easy environment. Uh, a lot of a lot of tough, smart people pulling you this way and that. You know, whether that be you know uh, agents or bankers or lawyers or actors or directors. Uh, a lot of very strong-willed people in this business. So. Yeah. Uh, That that's but I I sort of thrive on that in many ways, Um, and you know it it gives me outlets for creativity. It gives me outlets for competitiveness. It gives me outlets for sort of exercising my business brain that you know not many other industries could do. You know I really do get to be a you know a marketeer, a a creator, a deal maker, a salesman. All, all all in one, every single day. so that's that's exhilarating and sure that there's a, there's a lot of mental fitness uh, required to 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 perform at a high level in yeah. in in that very competitive, intense environment, but i I thrive on it and I enjoy it immensely, and I've realized it's something I'm good at, and something I like doing, and I suspect I'll continue to do it. For a long time. And then entrepreneurially, you know, it again, it functions at a couple of different levels. Uh just the just the business process of uh making these movies and TV shows is every single production is an entrepreneurial commercial venture in its own right. You know, we raise yeah. the capital, we put the creative partners together, we try and create a finished product, we try and take it out to the marketplace and monetize it successfully. And then what I've you know allegedly been successful in doing over the years is via that process, building a big, a broader business. So okay. instead of going being on a hamster wheel and you know make a show, sell a show, make a show, so shell a show, you know my myself, my uh, my partners in crime have, have always been uh, very focused on building a proper entity with a proper balance sheet and a proper asset base and creating a business and a company of an entrepreneurial mindset as well. And I've, you know, enjoyed a lot of success in raising significant amounts of capital for on a corporate level, uh, mostly from around the world. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's been very much my jam as the international guy who has finds major strategic partnerships and capital uh, relationships across Asia, across the Middle East, across the Latin America. So that's a, a, a sort of a, a very globalist, entrepreneurial uh, avenue of activity for me that, again, I thrive on.
0: Hello, friends. Given you're here, I'm making the assumption that you're motivated to be mentally fit. So with that in mind, I want to let you know about the Better Questions newsletter, which publishes once or twice a month, providing all of us the opportunity to slow down, think, and ask better questions. As you know, quality questions are my thing, and this is an opportunity to share the prompts I've studied and curated to help our minds be healthier, clearer, more intentional, and expand our mental capacity. You can sign up over at behindthehuman.com/newsletter, which will also give you a preview of my debut book Personal Socrates. That's behindthehuman.com/newsletter. Now, back to the show. I can see it. I mean, it, like I said it, before, we hit record. You know that I've been I've been working on this this film series, and what I've I've noticed as that you know as a, a naive person coming into this world is that there are so many different paths. There's it, you know th- there isn't this like clear clear recipe for uh, bringing one of these projects to life. I mean, I'm sure at a certain point then it, it falls into a track that's you know here's here's you know a good path for success. But at least at this stage you know, there are just a million different avenues, um, which I can see you just based on what you've shared so far about your personality and and whatnot, that it's got to be kind of invigorating, you know, for you, like just to like to bring those connection points and that, you know, every day is kind of different or different projects. Like I I imagine how projects come to you are a whole host of different, you know, uh, you know, methods or, or ways or people and so forth. Like how what what what's your internal process to take something you know uh, a pitch or a potential project and like what do you like what are the intuitive things that you're looking for to say yes or no or like we need to further explore this and so forth
1: yeah it it, it it's a combination of uh know-how and economic pragmatism with 50% is Intuitiveness and gut feeling, which is what makes it a crazy business, but also it can be a very fulfilling business when it goes well. So, you know, ostensibly what we are very good at is knowing the worth of projects economically and commercially and where they fit Mm. in this very complicated media universe that we're in. But we do have a lot of proficiency in understanding the international value of content, whether or not a, fit, a movie has, you know, box office potential or whether it's better suited to the streaming universe, whether a TV show is something that again fits into streamer land, or whether it's something that's more of a international pay TV driven uh, piece of content. We're good at that. So when material comes from us, to us, you know, particularly if there's major talent already involved, then we're quite good at sizing up. Okay, what's the right path for this? What's the right mm. right trajectory for it to be on? But such is the incredibly uh, hit and miss nature of making film and TV. There also needs to be an element of, you know, at heart, do I believe in this? Does my yeah. gut tell me this is going to work? So, and uh, you know, I love the I love the the thrill and the constant challenge of having to try and. Both trust your gut and make, you know, shrewd, pragmatic economic decisions in tandem with that. Uh, And uh, it's exhilarating. Uh, But you also, to do that, you need to, obviously you need to have, uh, you need to be on your game. You need to have a certain sort of mental acuity to do it. Uh, And then I think you also need to build uh, machinery around oneself. That allows you to do those two functions really, really effectively, and also that uh, you know you have to have an attitude of mind on a personal basis that allows you to attack those decisions and not make them in a defensive way. So you know, sure. I, I I think uh, for me, you know, obviously I mentioned before that sort of mantra of, you know, being yourself and and doing what works for you as a person and as a human being. I think in the context of of the film and television world, I think maybe the second biggest mantra for me is that, you know, you have to be comfortable with the prospect of failure and and, and, and comfortable with the reality that you will make some bad decisions uh, and that failure is... Absolutely part and parcel of making movies and <laughs> no TV shows. It is part of the business. And you better factor that into your thinking. You better factor that into your business plan. Factor that into your mental health. Otherwise, you know, it, 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 you're not going to be in it for the long haul.
0: Yeah. But th- this this idea of intuition or concept, or re- I should say relying on our intuition, it's, it is an interesting theme that that has continued to come up on this show across different industries and the the one person comes to mind right away is a gentleman by the name of Naveen Jain. He's a billionaire entrepreneur in the health and space industry. And I remember him asking him about how he makes big decisions. And this is, it, this reminds me of what you're saying. You know, people come with spreadsheets and and the, and the presentations and all of that. And you've got everything laid out in front, in front of you, but he's like the thing that makes, uh, that that makes all the difference for him. He then takes 15 minutes by himself and closes his eyes and visualizes that decision having been made, and that six months have passed, and like what's happening after that decision is made, and is there something in that kind of visualization that feels off? And if there is, the answer is the rule, the non-negotiable for him is 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 to say no. And again, like everything on paper looks like this beautiful opportunity he said you know it's saved this it saved millions of dollars. so I'm curious, like you know you have obviously you've built the machine, you've built the uh team around you to 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 be able to look at the mechanics of things and whatnot. do you have any are there any rituals for you or or places where you're where you try to you know still your mind or quiet your mind enough to be able to tap into that that intuition that you have
1: well. I mean, certainly in terms of uh, situations and practices where I still my mind, we we can definitely talk about that as in terms of my personal sure. fitness practices. In terms of my decision making in in the business, you know, I think I approach it a little differently. I, I'm not sure I do have a, a, a set formula or a set routine before yeah. I make decisions because, you know, honestly, Mark, my I have small decisions, medium sized decisions. Sure. <laughs> To make every day. For me, it's more about flow. And Mm -hmm. if I've, I feel as if if I've created the environment uh, around me uh, that puts me in a a healthy, focused headspace, then I can make lots of decisions quickly. I can make them decisively without agonizing too much. And I trust, you know, I'm trusting my instincts. I'm also trusting my. Information and pragmatism, and I'm doing it in a in a steady, rhythmic way, rather oh, like than that. saying, "Hang on a minute, let's just stop before I make this decision. Let me just go away and do my thing."
0: So, so, Stuart, just. From your perspective, when, when making decisions on projects, uh, do you, you know, like, what's your flow to making those decisions? I know you've got obviously a team behind you and, and, and whatnot. And, and you talked about some of the mechanics and, and building kind of that infrastructure. But when it comes to your intuition, and your own, like, just being clear enough in your mind to say, yeah, this one feels right. And this one doesn't. Um, what, uh, what does that look like for you?
1: It looks a lot like the whatever the environment that I that I've built here. I rely, I definitely rely on flow when it comes to decision making. Mark, I'm not someone who likes to stop and go and overly scrutinize things. Okay. Uh, I've put a lot of energy over the years into building a team of people around me that is not just you know full of smart, driven, funny. People from from different backgrounds, but that also uh, gives me the the information and the, and the, if you like the the creative insights that allow me to trust my gut uh, because all the other circumstances around me are conducive to doing that. And uh, I think you know, I think it's a, a, a really important part of having a an extraordinary business and also of having an extraordinary life is to surround yourself with people that you you know you derive real energy and inspiration from and I have that here from you know people who are peers of mine to people who are older than me who've worked for me for sometimes you know 10 15 mm-hmm. more years, to kids in their 20s who've had very different backgrounds to me I have this fantastic sort of multicultural multi-generational, Clan of people who are really good at their jobs around me, and when I have that, uh, and I I have this sense of mental well-being that comes with that, I trust myself then to make quick, bold decisions. And I think, again, in the business we have and and the community we're in, uh, which, frankly, you know, Hollywood is riddled with uh, practices which are inefficient and slow and stodgy. uh, Having that culture that allows me to make uh, bold decisions and to to surround myself with people who uh, thrive off bold decisions and and concrete decisions is a huge advantage for us as a business and also makes for you know a really healthy healthy culture and a healthy mindset if that makes sense. Oh, it makes I, I love it. I mean, the, I, I
0: I work in the in the language of questions. So as you're saying this, you know, for me. The question that comes to mind that I think anyone, uh, any one of us can can benefit from, no matter what industry you're you're in, is just: Does my environment is my environment supporting me to thrive, or or pushing me farther away from where right. I'm trying to be? Right. And same with the right. business. Uh, I, yeah, that was that was really insightful. I, thank you. Um, I do want to get into. I mean, you've you've uh, touched on this a little bit uh, in terms of your own mental fitness and some some personal practices and whatnot. Um, and just so you know, to sort like the, the 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 idea behind this show is not to, to to say, hey, this is this is the prescription to X. It's really to give people options, right? Like, oh, I never thought of of doing this, or I, I didn't have that kind of perspective on whatever whatever you're about to mention, for example. So, you know, I just this is really about like what over the years what what has worked for you and how you've evolved to you know do everything possible so that your mind is thriving and you're you're showing up um you know each year in a happy place and and doing you know good work that aligns with i think with the theme of this conversation has been just you know being you essentially right and 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 setting up a a world that's conducive to that so
1: yeah yeah, what's uh what's in your toolkit well you know obviously we all spend a lot of our time working and so the well i've this trial and error, if you will, that when I've been able to bring the disciplines that we've been talking about to my my work life and, you know, building, being myself and being comfortable with the prospect of failure, surrounding myself with energetic people, smart people, having that constant dialogue about how do we do things smarter, how do we do things quicker. When I've done all of those things, I tend to have a heightened sense of purpose and well-being on a day-to-day basis. And when you have that, of course, hopefully that enables me also in my personal life to be a, a good father, a good husband. Yeah. A good, you know, a good brother and a good leader in the business world. So I I try and complement the the culture and the community I've built around me in my business life by in my personal life trying to find time. Amidst being, you know, a family man, and amidst hopefully being a good son and a good brother, etc., to having time and space for reflection, and I think that's super important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I'm in Los, when I'm in Los Angeles, I tend to uh, tend to walk a lot, uh, which is not something people associate with LA living. But uh, you know, <laughs> we're, we're lucky enough to have a sort of a weekend house in uh, the Topanga Canyon area, so I spend a lot of time. Usually on my own, hiking around the Santa Monica Mountains and the trails there, which are you know beautiful and yeah. quite solitary in some ways. So most weekends I can be found traipsing around for an hour or two, and that's the downtime, you know, where I can breathe and I can allow my thoughts to to drift and flow, uh, or maybe just shut off thinking altogether. Uh, you know, I occasionally come back from those walks and scribble down a bunch of ideas I've had, but equally. I sort of pat myself on the back if I come back and i I don't have anything to scribble down. that's a good <laughs> thing totally totally yeah that, that's mission accomplished in some ways, so i I never force that that process so those walks and those sort of solitary hikes are important to me. The other uh way that I sort of find time for reflection is when I travel, which is a lot I mean I don't know many people who've traveled more extensively extensively than me in the last 20 years. I've, you know, probably been in Asia two or three times a year, India at least 14 or 15 times, Europe wow. <laughs> three or four times a year, every year for 20 years. That's okay. um, always been a distinguishing feature of how I do business, that I, you know, I I foster these relationships, whether it be with talent, whether it be with investors, whether it be with strategic media partners. Overseas in China, in India, in the Middle East, in Latin America, uh, but you know that does come with a downside. You know, I've had I had young kids when I first started my first business, and I've, obviously they've been around for most of the last twenty years. So I always slightly begrudge going on trips that I otherwise have to go on. I, I usually want to try and not prolong necessary. You know, for the, for years I was the king of the forty eight hour Mumbai. Trip or the, oh, wow. the for the seventy-two hour uh, or oh, forty-eight hours for Beijing was not pretty normal as well. Uh, okay, but I did realize that, you know, you can't run that fast and maintain a sense of well-being unless you somehow build into your approach to these quite rigorous trips uh, some kind of outlet. So what I have learned to do over the years is sort of embrace the the solitude and the tiredness that comes with it. And I I do find a certain lonely, sometimes quite melancholy, but nevertheless stillness of mind and sense of distance and perspective. Uh, And I I sort of enjoy that because it's a healthy thing. Again, it gives you time to reflect. It gives you time to prioritize. So uh, now when I'm on trips, I, again, I prioritize walking for at least an hour every day. And I will, you know, I long ago abandoned joining the Road Warriors who are on the treadmill in the hotel gym at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> yes, like, That's my idea of hell when I'm, when I've, you know, taken the trouble to fly to the other side of the world. Uh, I get out and I walk and I walk, walk the streets of wherever I am. And, uh, you know, that allows me obviously to sort of feel as if you're getting something out of the trip culturally as well, but it, yeah. Also, it's that headspace, particularly if you know that you're on a totally different time zone to LA and everything. That's part of who I am. I have my little routines and my little uh, places I like to visit in the same cities all over the world, and I do it again 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 in the interests of, you know, if you like, reflection and contemplation. And one of the things that I, I love, love about the, the film and TV business is that it's such a global, multicultural. Undertaking, and so you know, I find I find happiness often when I'm literally I've plonked myself on the other side of the world in the name of making a film that's got you know a very international element or a TV show that's shooting overseas, and I'm really living and breathing what we're doing from a multicultural perspective. But at the same time, I'm also you know finding the time and the space to think about you know, life back in Los Angeles and how I run the business and whether I'm being a good dad and, and all that kind of stuff, if that makes sense. It's
0: so, I I love it. It's so vital. And I love how you've, you know, you've, you've implemented essentially these non-negotiables in your life that again, you know, it, it doesn't seem like, you know, it's not resistance or friction. It's, it's, you know, you're traveling. So how do you work in the walks and so forth versus like you're saying, you know, the, you know the treadmill warriors and whatnot. So you're—it's almost like you're stacking. You know, another word to, to use is like you're practice practice stacking. You know, you've got the reflection, you're the exercise, and not to mention just being outdoors and you know sunlight and whatnot to help with um, you know your circadian rhythm and whatnot with with different time zones. It's yeah, uh, it makes sense. I love that.
1: And also, just immersing yourself in wherever you are. You know, because at the end of the yeah. day, one Four Seasons Hotel looks a lot like another in the lobby but you mm-hmm. only have walk, you only have to walk outside the front door and you remember where you are and so you're as soon as you're out there and you're actually walking around the streets or along the waterfront or whatever it is whether that's in Shanghai whether that's in it's in Mexico City whether that's in Paris wherever you know i find myself rocking up in all of these places all of the time you feel as if you're actually living you feel as if you're actually doing something and there's a connection to the the sort of multicultural goals of, of the project. And there's a connection to the, the universe of people and, and, and cultures that are built around me back here in Los Angeles. And it fits. Uh, and and if there's, if there's mental stillness and a sense of calm that comes with that, then that's what allows me to sustain doing it, you know, month after month, year after year, and probably for, I suspect, many more years to come. Last question for you. What... What makes you
0: smile each day?
1: (laughs) Uh, My kids, my boys make me laugh every single day, usually within about 30 seconds of (laughs) bumping into them in in the landing. Uh, They, uh, you know, they they just, who they are as people and watching them evolve is the great pleasure in my life. So I I start laughing almost as soon as I see them. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) But it, it just feels, you know, I mean... God bless. They are you know, healthy, happy young men. So uh, mm-hmm. it just feels like a win for me every time I literally cast eyes on them. So that's what makes me smile.
0: Oh, I love it. As a, I mean, I have two young boys myself. So as a, as a dad, that, that that definitely makes me smile. Well, Stuart, I you know first want to thank you for for making time for this conversation and coming on and and following your intuition that you know the the hell no turned into hell yeah. So that oh. I'm I'm really proud of and happy about. But i you know I want to offer a higher thank thank you and in 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 the sense of everything that you shared and you know the practices that you've developed and the way you do business um you know i I just I hope you give yourself a good you know some self love and a pat on on the back because because of that, there's such a huge ripple effect that you know spans across the world uh, a lot through your work and obviously your relationships and 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 the and the beautiful. Uh, Art and in films and movies and whatnot um, that you're putting out into this world. So uh,
1: thank you. Thank you for that because it's,
0: um, you know, it's a beautiful thing.
1: Thank you. That's nice of you to say. I think we're all just doing our best, aren't we? But uh, on we go.